Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to this episode of the Inspired Evolution family. Wow, what an incredible episode. As always, it is such a treat to have Dr. Dane here on for those tuning in to Dr. Dane here, dude, he's a he's an author, he's a speaker, he's a traveler. You'll get the intro <laughs> the intro of the episode, but he's most famously known for his work with access consciousness. And really, he's a disruptor of judgment, is probably the best way to put it. And our judgment gets in the way of so many things, right? Like as human beings having this human experience, the universe, we are the universe looking in on ourselves, right? So there's this natural curiosity that the universe has within which to witness itself. It's the fundamental tenet almost of this human experience is curiosity, right? And curiosity, I almost feel like there's this, like the, the shadow of it is judgment. It's like, you're curious, but then you judge, you know, it's like the ego gets in the way, touch wood. Today's conversation was really, really deep. And I love how Dane does it because we go into these really big concepts, but then we get these really practical, like streamlined takeaways to actually implement in our life. So the first big takeaway was judgment versus intuition, the voices in our head that cloud our journey versus the song in our heart that actually expands and open us, opens us to, to our path and our journey. So yeah, that was the big takeaway. Number one, how to actually discern between the two and follow head versus follow heart, um, how to actually do that. The second piece that we dropped deep, 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 deep into it. I love to just, I love how this worked out, but you know, the rub between ego and humility on the path of greatness, you know, it's like, there's this, there's this nexus where, you know, if we consistently are pushing to be humble and we're over humbling ourselves, which honestly, like I'm a massive advocate for humility, but if we're over humbling ourselves, we can run the risk of not honoring the gifts that life has bestowed upon us. And that in itself is a disservice. But then if we honor it, like, you know, too graciously, then there's ego and there's like a really fine tightrope in there, right? Um, balancing that ego and humility. Like I firmly believe that massive amounts of humility is you know, is the best recourse in so many instances, but then you do run the risk of over humbling yourself and not acknowledging your gifts and honoring the blessing that is life, you know, so there is potentially 
a rub in there to unpack. And we go all the way in on that to better understand how to embrace our greatness um, with that grace, you know, without ego and without having to over humble, like just actually finding ourselves in our true selves. You know, it's, it's beautiful the way Dane articulates it. And lastly, <laughs> a massive one for so many of us in my coaching, I've been finding, you know, so many people are saying to me, I'm just waiting for it to get perfect. I'm just waiting to be perfect. I'm waiting to per- like figure this out so it's perfect. You know, there's perfectionism. And <laughs> I've just been realizing, man, what you call perfectionism, I just see as the most bourgeois resistance <laughs> you ever had, right? 80% good enough is good enough. Um, if it wasn't for that mantra, 80% good enough is good enough, the inspired evolution would not exist, right? So, yeah. Dane goes all the way in on how to destroy perfectionism, really like how to destroy perfectionism, right? And how to then create big in your life so you can embrace your greatness and create something remarkable. Man, this is such an epic episode. If you do enjoy it at any point that you go, yo, this was amazing. Give us a thumbs up whenever that moment occurs in the video. (laughs) Hopefully you're truly enjoying this. And as always, welcome to the Inspired Evolution Tribe, an honor and a blessing to be your brother by your side as you stay inspired to evolve. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, a show dedicated to helping you actually live the life that you love. I'm your host, Amrit Sandhu, international speaker, global coach, and loving podcaster. As a gift for tuning into this podcast, I have something really special just for you. My premium short course, which can teach you how to meditate in just seven days. You can download it now at www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. That's www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. Learn how to meditate in just seven days. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this powerfully insightful conversation. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the latest episodes launching every Monday designed to help you live the life you love and keep you inspired to evolve. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, and wow, that was you! Part of the furniture is falling apart. (laughs) Hopefully, you're watching the video and not just the audio to capture what happened in that you. We are actually disturbing parts of our furniture just through the process of viewing. Anyway, I think I'll have to tend to that to come back to it later. We have with us today, Dr. Dane here. Dane, how are you, brother? Oh, I am phenomenal, my friend. How about you? Oh, such a pleasure. And just better for having you here. For those tuning in to Dr. Here, Dr. Dane here for the first time, he's been on here a couple of times before. Please go check out some of the earlier episodes. The previous one on quitting judgment is absolutely life-changing. Like, and I know that's like, oh, it's life-changing. Like, dude, seriously, it is absolutely life-changing. Learning to not judge is a complete game changer. For those tuning into him for the first time, though, he is an energy transformation legend. He's an author. He's at last count. And I've got to say last count because between last my count and now he could have written another one. He's written 10 incredibly popular books. Um, Some of these books, well, I guess an example of it is the international bestseller, Being You, Changing the World. And that's been translated into Swedish, German, Spanish, Italian, Estonian. Um, You know, that's got him as an international speaker and facilitator traveling all around the world. 
Um, and he's widely re renowned for being the co-creator co of Access Consciousness. All of this fundamentally is him relentlessly helping people um, unleash their true greatness. Brother, it is such a treat to have you here. I'm I got to tell you, for me too, I just, you know, it, it has that sense of being a brother from another mother, you know? <laughs> like, hey, let's do this. Oh, and I realized you might be able to hear me better if I put my microphone where it's supposed to be. <laughs> that might be even better. Who knows? We're already improving. Even <laughs> the upgrades have already started. <laughs> totally. I hope. Perfect. Brother, I know we could start in so many different places here today, and I really just wanted to hit the ground super, super running and not really messing around almost picking up off the last conversation we had. So judgments, um, you know, cloud a lot of how we interact with the world. Yeah. And I've sort of have started to come to realize that these judgments are voices in my head. Right. And I'm really starting to like learn to build a relationship. I'm like you said, you know, I'm, I just, I'm a point of view. I have a point of view, you know, and it's like dissociating from that judgment that I have where I wanted to sort of unpack a little bit further and go deeper was uh, the discrepancy between judgment versus intuition, yeah, and trying to feel into that, almost like the, 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 the voice in my head versus the song in my heart. How do I learn to sort of, you know, certain things that I hear are like definitely, okay, that's my head. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And I can't, but sometimes it's like, oh, it... I can't tell the difference between what's happening in my head and what my heart is calling out for. Do you well, have a bit of a... Oh, absolutely. And you actually, you just presented it, which is an interesting thing because it can seem subtle at first, but like anything else that you just start exploring, as soon as you start exploring it, you start recognizing it in everything. And, and so if you'll notice when you said, you know, the judgment in my head, it's got a particular energy to it. And, and that, you know, that mental, that, that um, <clears throat> we know what it's like when we're in our heads, you know what I mean? Mm. And then when you just said those words and gave the energy of the song in my heart, it's got a totally different energy to it. There's a movement, there's a kindness, there's a space, there's a peace, there's a, there's a possibility in that energy. Mm. And that's what it boils down to is starting to notice when we're doing the, the constricted mental you know, the mental masturbation, you know, that we do so often, you know, and it's like most people have this weird GPS system they try to navigate their life from 
and it's a mental masturbatory GPS system, you know? <laughs> and it's like, it's about judgment of this, trying to judge what you're doing wrong so you can stop doing it wrong so you can finally do it right, which by the way, is also a judgment. Mm. And you can never do it right enough to do it perfect because perfect <sighs> is the ultimate judgment. But if instead you go, okay, look, I see you. I perceive <laughs> you, if you will, because you can't actually see it with your eyes. But if you go, hey, I see you, and I've been listening to you my whole life, and you've never gotten me anywhere good. You've mm. never gotten me any, anywhere greater than I was already. And you've made me doubt everything I ever did that was great. Enough of me listening to you. Now, mm. that doesn't occur instantaneously, but it's a, it's the beginning of a choice for having a different reality and functioning differently in the world. And instead, what do you listen to? You listen to the song of your heart. Mm. You listen to that gentle whisper that's like, here where when you follow it, it's like your world lightens up and you have this, this sense of being part of the symphony that the entire universe is with this mental construct and, and <clears throat> primarily the construct of judgment that we've all learned, we've all grown up with. It's an inherent part of this reality. But what I talk to people about is, look, here's this reality. And once again, I, like you said, I hope people are watching rather than just listening because otherwise mm. you can't see what I'm doing. But here's this reality, which is this, this tiny ball of right and wrong and good and bad. But beyond it is actually a reality of possibilities, mm. a space of possibilities. But you can't get there if you're making this reality right and making its constructs right. The way you get there is by following the song of your heart. You said it so beautifully and brilliantly and following the whispers that lead you to more of that. And one of the ways that I talk to people about it is what's true for you will always make you feel lighter. Mm. The light for you will always make you heavier. Yeah. And if, if you look at it, the lives that we have right now are a sum total of the choices we have made up until this point. Mm -hmm. And and if you then recognize that what you have a year from now, five years from now, will be a sum total of the choices you make from this point till that point, the more choices you make that make you feel lighter when you choose them, the more lightness you're going to have as your life. Mm. And so on one level, it's really friggin' simple. Mm. On another level, it's complicated because we place so much value on judgment and trying to get it right mm. rather than following the song of our heart. Mm. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now from there, yeah, following, there's so much to unpack in there as always love the work. <laughs> um, one of the things that I personally found is absolutely like where, you know, following what feels lighter and like, that is such a simple tool, yet it has changed my life. You know, just being able to feel into what's lighter and go that way is like it with the advantage of hindsight is like, oh my God, thank God I made those decisions and not from here and just from, from here and feeling lighter. Like it is, wow, I cannot advocate that as a tool highly enough, really. One of the things though that is palpable for me is just because it felt lighter, it didn't feel like the easier route. Well know? put. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, well and I just wanted to sort of dissect and dive into that a little bit deeper because oftentimes what feels denser actually felt like 
easier. It was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go do that. You know, it felt harder. It felt heavier, but it was like, uh, it felt, uh, sorry, felt not harder, but like dense. I mean, by hard, dense, felt denser, felt like grounded. It was like, yeah, I'll go do that. Or it's like, oh, you could, you know, do this. And this felt really light, but it was like also quite audacious and terrifying. There's a lot of fear, I guess. Um, no, wait, 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 I got to stop you on that. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah let's unpack this. this. Please help me this, get clear. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, this fear bullshit has to stop. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. Let's pick this one in the ass once and for all. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. Because I used to live dominated by fear before mm-hmm. I got these tools from access consciousness, which is one of the reasons I started doing access consciousness mm-hmm. because it changed that area of my life so much. So check this out. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I have found is that most people, especially the seekers of the world, mm-hmm. people like you, people like me don't truly have fear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, every spiritual person out there will tell you that you have fear and you must follow it. And it's good for you. Bullshit. You don't truly have fear. Okay. When you are in the face of something audacious, and we talked about that, I think on our last interview about, because we had talked the first time about follow the likeness and you did, and you were like, oh my God, dude, it was not easy, but oh my God, right? Mm. My, here's my question. Was that fear or was that excitement? Hmm. Truth. Yeah, it was excitement. I know you're going to say, but (laughs) it was daunting. It was daunting. Holy. Yeah. But anything you're going to do that's really going to change your life (laughs) is going to be daunting. Otherwise everybody would do it all the time. Mm -hmm. Of course Mm -hmm. it's going to be daunting, but if we buy the lie that it's fear, you put another roadblock in our way. Mm -hmm. So let me, would you like me to prove to you and, and everybody listening, if they're willing to go on this journey. Now, some people, the fact that I said this about fear already hate me. They've already switched off the podcast. They're like, I don't want this asshole. Don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) This asshole used to live it. Okay. So I understand (laughs) Really well. I used to dominate my life literally. I was in my chiropractic office when I when I changed uh when I got my second chiropractic office. Here I was in Santa Barbara, a brand new city, and I had no idea what to do. Okay. And so the only thing I could think of was picking up the phone and calling people. So I started by calling other practitioners. And I can't tell you the number of times I would pick up the phone and I would shake in fear before calling people. And sometimes I would shake and I would shake so bad, I would literally start crying and I could not make the phone call. I put the phone back down. I used the tools that I had at the time because I hadn't done access. And it would sometimes take me an hour to get over the fear, but then I would eventually make the phone call because I was not leaving that office without making the damn call. Mm -hmm. But once I got this other information about fear and got other tools and ways of changing, I was like, oh my God, I could have changed it in three seconds. Okay, so... So let me, uh, so I'm going to try to make this quick if possible. I'll Mm. I'll try something new. Um, So let me ask you this. So what happens to you? And I'm asking the listeners too. Okay. Mm. What happens to you in an emergency situation? Do you fall apart or do you get calm, cool, and collected and handle the situation? Generally, some sort of there's something that brings you into a, a pretty good state of presence for me that like really just goes vonk, like actually I don't necessarily fall yeah. apart, but I'm like quite like wired for the moment. Yeah. yeah. But you handle the situation. What most people do is they get calm, yeah. cool and collected. They handle the situation and then they fall apart later to prove they indeed had fear. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Here's the deal. If you don't fall apart in an emergency, you don't truly have fear because that's sort of the ultimate of something that would create fear if fear were real for you. Okay. Now, so check this out, right? And, and so one of the things that I have the great pleasure of doing is taking these highly held holy beliefs that everybody else believes in and just smashing the shit out of it. <laughs> You know, because it's like, why live with that shit? Not doing any of us any good. And we could create so much more if we didn't live according to the lie. For example, that Mm. fear is real. Mm. And, you know, our other conversation that judgment is necessary. For example, there are are other ways of doing things. But it starts with with some of these awarenesses where you go, oh, shit. Okay. So if, if you look at that for a moment, then, then... One of the things that I found is fear and excitement feel exactly the same. Mm. Physiologically, they're exactly the same. It's what we do in our heads about it that turns one into fear and one into excitement. Right. So a lot of people go, oh, my God, I was so terrified. I was going to go jump out of a plane. I was going to go bungee jumping. I'm terrified of that. And I go, okay. And if somebody really has a, a fear of heights or something, okay, fine. No problem. I get that. But most people don't. And so... I've been in this situation thousands of times and I'll go, okay, I know this is going to sound weird, but you say you want to do this and you're asking for my help. So I need to ask you this question. Are you terrified or really, really, really excited? And they sit there for a moment and they go, no, I'm terrified. I'm I'm terrified. Oh my God, I'm not terrified. I'm so excited. Oh my God. You know, and it's got so much energy to it, but here's the thing. We're not supposed to have that much energy. We're supposed to fit in and be more normal and be more sedate like everybody else. So when you have a choice to make like you did in the move and some other things that you chose and it's lighter, but it seems terrifying. If you just go, is this fear or is this excitement? And if you're, and if you can't get there, call me or call somebody who has this awareness because a lot of times we'll just lie to ourselves because we want to keep the story of our life going because there seems to be some value in, I had fear, but I did it anyway. I had fear and I overcame it. Mm. Well, that's cool. That, that shows, you know, that you've got some puts, but you've got some stuff going on, mm. but at the same time, is that really your easiest choice? Is that the choice that creates the most ease, the most joy and the most possibility or is going, Hey, Oh my God, I'm not afraid. Cause if you reframe that and you're not reframing it from from something that it is to something that it isn't. Hmm. You're reframing it away from something that it isn't, which is fear, into Hmm. what it actually is. And this is where consciousness is, okay? Consciousness is where everything exists and nothing is judged. Consciousness is the space of total awareness of what is no longer needing and feeling beholden to buy the lies of what isn't as a necessity of maintaining connection to the reality that others find so valuable that we, by our own admission, would say we are here to do and live and be something different. Mm -hmm. So the more awareness you get, the less need that you have to put obstacles in your path to overcome to prove that you have power, Mm -hmm. you realize, yes, I could overcome those obstacles, but if I don't have to make it an obstacle when it's not, what's the, you know, what would be the value in, in creating an obstacle so I can prove that I have power? Like creating an obstacle like fear, for example, when I don't actually have it so that I can prove that I've got power and prove that I have value in overcoming it? Or would it be even more fun if I go, oh my God, I'm so excited because the place from which you act determines 
your experience of the action. Mm-hmm. And so if you're mm-hmm. acting from excitement, it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I get to move. I get to do this. I get to do this. I get to do this. And you're like a little kid. Mm-hmm. And that's when the magic shows up. Mm-hmm. If you do it from, I'm afraid, but I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> here's a contracted state. No magic can show up because nothing can get in. Yeah. Even it like, but yeah. And I, I love that. And the, yeah. And I love the distillation of that because thank you for doing that because it still acknowledges that what's exciting can be daunting. Even as a kid, you know, it's like, Oh my God, like too much to handle. Uh, totally. <laughs> like, I, you know, it's really exciting. Right. It's like, Oh my God, this is so much, <laughs> you know, like imagine if we had more like that, if we would choose more of that. Yeah. But here's the other, here's the other part that, that occurs with that is we then avoid the choices that will be that expansive Mm. because of that idea that it's daunting, that it's too much, or the idea that the bigger it is, the more I'm afraid. Mm. And now we have a world of people who are avoiding living in the way that they uniquely could Mm -hmm. based on one lie called fear. Mm. And potentially the discomfort of how daunting it may be to face their expansion that definitely and that is one of the reasons why this other stuff is held in place because it's so daunting to recognize that you might be greater than you thought and that you might actually be as great as you're afraid that you know you are Mm. (laughs) oh oh wait i said afraid didn't i oh yeah you know but that's what we do I'm afraid to know how great I am because if I know how great I am, we, we have these weird, um, if this and this, if I know how great I am, then, but it's actually a great unknown. We think that somehow there's going to be some terrible consequence to knowing how great we are. Mm. What really it is, is we won't be able to hold in place our story anymore. Mm. And to a certain extent, our story is how we connect with other people. And our story is how we place ourselves in some weird hierarchy of reality. And we're not willing to be so different that we lose our connection to those we feel close to. But why do we feel close to most of the people we feel close to is because they have certain limitations and certain judgments that are just like ours. Hmm. It's like very few people that are making $5 an hour. Of course, that doesn't occur in Australia. Um, $25 an hour. Very few people that are making $25 an hour have billionaires as friends. Hmm. Why? because there's a structural cohesion that people are trying to maintain. Mm. And what we're more interested in doing is maintaining that cohesion with the reality we've lived, which a lot of times we got part of from our parents and part of from our friends, part of from the rest of our family and the people that we've known. And we feel like we're dishonoring them if we do something different, if we have too much ease, if -hmm. we go beyond that and have too many miracles and have many have too many miraculously daunting experiences that change our life too much. And so we purposely put on the brakes. We're the ones who are determining how the universe interacts with us. And we're purposely putting on the brakes so that we're not too much so that we can maintain the connection with the people that we care about. But what if true caring was actually being that person that showed everybody what was possible and was totally willing to have them come along on the journey if they wanted to, and also totally willing to not expect them to have to come on the journey and you cared about them just as much. Mm. 
It's truly inspiring. <laughs> I love that. So what is in there that I wanted to sort of unpack a little bit further is there's a, I don't know how really to articulate this, but I've been having this revelation recently that um, I guess it's, it's around greatness and it's, it's, it's our greatness, right? But it's how much, and I think this bleeds back into the original question with judgment versus intuition, how much of like, how much our ego is attached to this idea of my greatness, you know, and trying to drive for greatness. And then uh, the whole spiritual path of like, okay, accessing your humility, just humble yourself. You're connected to everything and everything is inherently great. Like it's a pretty big part of my French fucking miracle <laughs> that we're here having this experience. And that is even greater than, you know, you individually will ever be, but it's this real rub between, I guess, like the egos are interpretation of greatness versus humility, greatness. But then one of the things, and I'm sharing myself vulnerably here is I've found that consistently in my life, I'm pushing for like humility to sort of stay open towards spiritual precepts, concepts. Right. And when I checked myself and I had this realization not too long ago, which was like, which part of you is pushing for humility? And it was like, Oh, that's your ego, bro. (laughs) (laughs) And then learning to have to just, Oh, like it's neither that nor is it this. And just to just learning to just be and just allow. Um, Yeah the allowance factor and greatness versus like what the e- the dance between ego and humility. Am I I'm not even sure if I'm articulating a question there, but I'm trying to understand the rub between those. Are you getting where I'm, what I'm putting out there? Yeah, I think you're articulating it beautifully. Thank you. So let me, um, we, <laughs> this also to a certain extent goes back to the judgment conversation. <clears throat> and so if I may, um, if I may present uh, another word that might might be easier to figure out, I don't know, it is for me, which where other people talk about ego, I've always had a, I never could quite get it energetically. And mm-hmm. I, I knew what they were talking about, but I couldn't quite get it. And what I found seems to match the energy of that somewhat, at least in my perspective, is image, where mm-hmm. we have our image of how do you see me? How do you see me? How do I see myself through your eyes? How do you see, you know, where? Uh, yeah, where it does have better handles on it, doesn't it? Yeah, that's great. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, in regardless of what we, whether we call it ego or image or what have you, it's, it's not us, the being. It's not our authentic us being us. Mm. But here's the thing. Part of the, here's the, the challenge that I personally have with spirituality And that, and here I go, stepping on toes again for some people. Um, And that's fine. Um, Is that spirituality has certain precepts of what is good and what is bad and what is right and what is wrong. And to a certain extent, there's an appropriate spiritual image that should be maintained. Mm. Now, I'm not saying you're doing that. I see you as somebody who does absolutely not that. And is this this person that is truly authentically just this this phenomenal kind contributory creature? Okay, really. And that's I good. know all of your listeners. You know, I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know. That's why they listen to you. <laughs> <Touch> you <know? laughs> 
And, and truly, you are this amazing gift. But in general, spirituality says that this is right to be and this is wrong to be. So, for example, uh, to a lot of spiritual people, I come across as over the top. I come across as arrogant. I come across as whatever their judgment du jour is or their point of view, because I don't match those precepts, which is why for me, what I'm interested in is consciousness. Mm. In consciousness, everything exists and nothing is judged. That's our definition of it. You know, consciousness, people have been talking about consciousness for a long time. And what's interesting is in the last five or seven years, people that used to talk primarily about spirituality have now started talking about consciousness, but they're having the same exact conversation. They just changed the word. Mm. And so, so the idea about this is consciousness is where everything exists and nothing is judged. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, it's like I will come across and to a lot of people, I'll, I'll be very like, man, like he's too much. He should be more humble. And it's like, um, I am a lot, but I also have a level of gratitude and a level of desire to contribute and a level of humility in um, my being. You can't really say that, like, because this is the other thing about, about spirituality is like, if you acknowledge yourself, then you're now on that side of proving, or you're now on the side of being arrogant, or you're now on yeah. the side of going, I am greater. But if you don't acknowledge yourself, how are you ever going to acknowledge yourself? Well, that's the thing, right? And like honoring the gifts and the blessings that life has bestowed yeah. upon you as the expression of who you are put into this life. And that's, you, you brought us exactly at the, like, dude, I love you, <laughs> right into the, right into that pixel that is at the nucleus. Cause it's like, there's this honoring of like, holy shit, all the gifts that you are. But at the same time, it's like, but don't err too far on the other side. Cause then you're an arrogant prick. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but then it's also like, yeah. oh, and on this side, I'm not playing big enough. And it's like, there's, there's such a tightrope there. <laughs> yeah. And there isn't the freedom, you know, because it is, it, that's exactly it. It's this tightrope. And this again, goes back to judgment. Because if you go this side, exactly like you said, you're judged if you go too far one way, you're judged if you go too far another. And But here's the thing, that is all based, that, that tightrope is all based on a reality in which judgment has value. Mm. Yeah. And also that image slash ego thing is, is, is a huge thing where we're looking for validation from other people rather than having the freedom to acknowledge ourselves. And so if we look at this thing about this is based on a world in which judgment has value, the, the true, quote unquote, enlightened person, one of their aspects would be, I see your point of view about me. Hi. <laughs> you know, love me, hate me, whatever you want to be. It's okay. It's your choice. It's your life and your judgment or your love, or your adoration, or your admiration, are all gifts of energy. Thank you mm. very much for whatever your point of view is. Mm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I could just sit here and bask in that for a moment before asking any questions. Right? And again, I'm disrupting the silence with my laughter. Shush, Emery, shush. <laughs> Stop judging yourself. Shut up. Okay, go. <laughs> I'm so damn happy, Emery. Stop it. 
one of the things we touched on earlier in the episode, and this is something that, um, yeah, I think before I let you go today, I definitely have to just go there with you because in a lot of my coaching these days, I find again and again, people are waiting for things to be perfect to take action. Now, this is super grounded, you know, we're moving into another direction here, but it's like, oh, I just, I know I'm waiting to like perfect my idea before I share it with the world, or I'm waiting to perfect before I, you know, release. And one of the things that I find myself again, saying again and again, these days is perfection is just the most bourgeois resistance. (laughs) Yeah. You can afford yourself. And I was just like, but not, don't, don't, don't get it. Don't get it wrong. It's still like you're, you're spelling it perfectionism. And all I'm hearing is resistance. And I heard you say, um, make waiting for something to become or like perfect, like perfect is the ultimate judgment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? Like, the, yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting as here we are back at the judgment conversation. Mm-hmm. It's so dynamically entrenched in our reality so dynamically we don't even realize it's there even while we're doing it Mm -hmm. and so this idea of perfection is so here's the thing this there god there's there's so much but if i can break it down into a different construct other than that of judgment which actually is exactly what we were talking about when you said if you follow the song of your heart Mm. okay because we actually are energetic beings. We are aware of, and we're aware of so many things energetically. This is beyond the scope of our last few minutes here. Okay. But maybe another conversation for another time. Okay. (laughs) But we're so dynamically energetically aware that we are aware of somebody who's sad in our house. We're aware of somebody hurting. We're aware of somebody's joy. We're, we're so energetically aware. Now, if we recognize that, because we, we, we tend to sometimes acknowledge that in the sense of like, uh, you know, we melt when we see a beautiful, uh, a beautiful occurrence, you know, somebody contributing to somebody else and we just melt and cry and it's so beautiful. And, you know, we'll acknowledge it there. But in actuality, if we would acknowledge that, that capacity that we have to perceive subtleties and awareness of energy we could mm-hmm. use it to navigate our lives, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is the exact opposite of waiting till my idea is perfect before I launch it. And like you said, it's bourgeois resistance. I love that terminology. It's <laughs> so freaking brilliant. I love that. <laughs> bourgeois resistance. I so <laughs> Perfection is y'all. <laughs> champagne with your resistance. You know? You know? I mean, hello. Perfect. (laughs) And that's the thing is somebody is going, oh, well, you know, it's just not good enough for me because I'm such a perfectionist. Uh Uh-uh. You're quote unquote terrified of putting it out into the world and getting the judgment you're going to get back if it's not perfect enough. But so there's, there's two parts with this. Um, And maybe my first part about the energetic awareness, what I'm saying about that is, if we get a sense of creating something and we get a sense of, of the energy that it will create in the world and we get a sense of, okay, if I launch this now, what will be the outcome? And we'll get a sense, just a real general sense of, will it be lighter or will it be heavier? Mm-hmm. And once you get to the point where it will be lighter, that's that thing 
that you have been working on creating, whether it's a book, whether it's a project, whether it's a product, whether it's a business, whatever it is, that everything, the way it works is, I apologize, I'm going a little off course here, but I usually do. Um, but everything that we create, okay, there's this universe up here of all kinds of possibilities and a lot of we've never seen before. We have a unique interaction with that universe. We kind of bring it here and then we go, oh, I'm going to create this. And we start getting the stuff together to actualize it in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so we put it together, like, let's say it's a book and we're writing, we're writing and we're writing and, okay, there's a certain point at which you've done all you can do. And that thing now has a consciousness of its own. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's the point at which you need to let it go in the world because now is its time and it knows it because it mm -hmm. has a consciousness of its own. That's usually the point at which it feels like it disconnects from somebody and they're like, oh no, I need to get it more perfect. All the energy went away. Yeah, but because we're, creating, we're, we're putting our image on the image of the creation and really it's a creation unto itself, right? And then we're associating our self-worth with its self-worth and realizing that there's this... Mm, 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 yeah. Mm. And if we would let that thing go in the world, even if it's only 80% complete, it would create roughly 98% of the result it would create if we take another six months and get it to 90% or 95%. Mm -hmm. Because, and I did that with the Being You Changing the World book. I was working on it and working on it and working on it. And then I'd go back and rewrite parts that I had rewritten because I had more awareness. And this went on over the course of months. And finally, Gary, my business partner, said to me, he said, stop. <laughs> Send the book to the editor now. And I'm like, but Gary. I'm in the middle of editing a paragraph. He's like, finish that paragraph and you are done. And I'm like, Gary, he's like, are you a perfectionist? I went, yes, I am the greatest perfectionist that has ever lived. Thank you for asking. Thank you for acknowledging me. <laughs> like, yeah, stop it. He's like, this book is never going to get into the world if you keep editing. Mm. He said, let me ask you a question. How complete is it? Like for as far as you would want it to go, how complete is it? I went, I don't know, 90%, maybe a little more. Mm. And he went, look, if you're above 80 let it go because oh. you're never going to get more perfect than that. And mm -hmm. I went, okay. And, um, <laughs> and it was a gift that I did because everything else that came after that was different books. Oh, by the way, you know how you were saying in the intro, I probably created a different book. You're correct. The latest one is body whispering. <laughs> it came out a couple months ago, about a month ago. So thanks for the acknowledgement. Thanks for the psychic <laughs> awareness on that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a link to that in the show notes yeah there's there's this and i love that 80 percent awareness because that's actually i'd like intuitively i've just been guiding all my coaching clients through it as well it's like hey 80 percent good enough is good enough and that was like a massive mantra for me when i was starting out on the inspired evolution and i think the again i love how it's just pinned into well, i don't love how it's pinned into judgment but it's really helpful to realize that it's pinned into judgment because it's it's our own inner critic, right? That is so like, you know, oh, like I'm putting this out in the world, like my internal judgment of myself before the judgment that I receive, like expectations of the judgment that I'm going to receive from others. And every time what I find is when we get out of our own way and we share it with the world, that judgment externally is pretty much non-existent, actually. People are like, dude, the vulnerability with which you showed up inspires them to go, <gasps> thank you so much. And you're like, Oh, what was I worried about? You know, but we have this like our inner critic and our inner judgment for like our creations and our creativity is just so harsh. And it's, yeah, such a resistance. Yeah. Thing, man. Mm. Truly. And that's, and here's the thing is, is one of the things I, I started 
working with the people I work with on in the in exactly the situation as I would go, okay, what is the worst case scenario? Mm-hmm. From your point of view, what's the worst case scenario of what would happen? And they would go, oh my God, everybody will hate it and they'll judge me. I'm like, okay, can you handle that? Oh my God, it would be like, I'm like, I'm like, I didn't ask drama. Can you handle that? <laughs> Will you live? Will you be okay? And they're like, well, yeah. Okay. And the funny part is when you don't, and, and so if you can handle the worst case scenario, then you can handle anything less than that. And it's one of the few times logic actually works to get a change in people's worlds, mm. you know? Um, and so, okay, maybe it works more often than that, but anyway, but in that recognition, they would go, Oh my God, I thought the judgment was going to kill me. And that's what I would ask them. Is it going to kill you? And they're like, no, but it feels so yuck. And I'm like, Okay, so, and then what I would ask them is I'd go, how old are you being right now? Hmm. And they go, what? I'm like, how old are you being? And they would give me an age. Now, here's the funny part is I would ask them, they would give me an age. Because when you ask the question, see, we know way more things than we believe that we do. And, and so I would ask them and they would give me an age and I go, cool, what happened at that age? And nine times out of 10, they would give me a story about, oh my God, I haven't thought about this since I was six. You know, they go, I'm six or I'm four or whatever. And I go, okay, what happened at four? Wow, my dad left my mom and left us alone. And I was like, whoa. So um, any chance you thought that was about you? Oh my God, yeah. I thought it was my fault. I'm like, okay, so would it make sense that you wouldn't want to put yourself out there because you might be, you know, the, the stories mm. that, you know, the things that you and I would do, mm. but it, it's a very interesting thing to realize that so much of the formation of our constriction into trying to avoid and the constriction into avoiding judgment and not creating and not just letting it all out mm. occurred much earlier in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we can just access that, you know, and you have your way of changing it. I have mine. Everybody out there that does coaching has theirs. Use your way of changing it because, because if we only work with them in the present time, we will create a change. Mm-hmm. There are some times where what's required, if there's no way that our present time work can create a change, it requires us to go back to some previous time because they set a foundation that they have just been building on ever since then. But if we get them to be present with that young creature that was them and get them to acknowledge that creature and get them to maybe like, you know, pick them up and hold them and tell them what they needed to hear that that person didn't. It's amazing how they go forward in the world and they're like, wow, you know what? I can do this. And the interesting part also is when they no longer have any charge about them getting judged, they no longer get judged. Our point of view creates our reality. Reality doesn't create our point of view. Brother, (laughs) so much permission, as always, in these conversations for us to be, yeah, just unapologetically our expansive selves. It is, and every time I come on, I'm like, I just want to stay in these conversations forever. (laughs) So so we'll definitely do this again if that's okay with you. I just want to, I really want to take this opportunity to thank you again and again um, 
thank you so much for our conversation today. And as I said before, you know, it's a lifetime's work that you put into yourself to, to inform this conversation so richly. And thank you for all of that that you do. And not just on behalf of myself, totally on behalf of myself, but also on behalf of the Inspired Evolution Tribe, Dane, like the the insights, you know, that the subtle distinctions between things like, you know, have completely changed the way I live my life. And I know from other people, the feedback that we get from our episodes has changed their lives as well. So thank you again so much for doing this with us here today as well. And uh, yeah, man, such epic takeaways. I am truly honored. I really like, really, I, I hope you know that. And really just thank you so much. (laughs) An absolute pleasure. So for those tuning in, we'll put a link to the Body Whisperer. Um, Body Whispering, sorry. Body Whispering into the show notes below. Um, And yeah, I'm super excited for us to do this again, probably in a few months. Um, Just because, yeah. And let us know in the show notes below, in the comment section, what were some of your biggest takeaways? I know for me, some of the biggest ones were between judgment and intuition and really like, you know, that voice in my head and tuning into my heart. And, you know, Dane shared that it was actually the, the actual you know, the actual energy of it, you can feel the energetic signature of it. And then humility versus ego when it comes to to greatness, that was a massive, massive, massive distillation of just dropping into what is and allowing the greatness of life itself to express through us. And then ultimately to destroy perfect and to create big. So let us know what's up, what's resonating for you. Thanks for listening in to another amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. If you're loving these episodes, make your way across to YouTube, click subscribe. Fresh episodes are launched every Monday with highlights being released throughout the week. Thank you so much. And hey guys, just so you know, a lot of love, heart, soul and work goes into these episodes. So if you could, please leave us a five-star review and comment on iTunes. I love reading your positive feedback. It fans the flames of the passion to continue to create and help you live the life that you love. Thank you so much for your wonderful feedback. I can't wait to see you again in the next episode. Big love from Amrit. And remember to stay inspired to evolve. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.